my friend and I, like, we were playing Call of Duty, and we just, like, started talking about, like, different stories and, like, different interactions and stuff that we've had with, like, just people at bars. And he was concerned with him having, like, drank alcohol and then him and somebody else at the bar, like, doing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so, like we were having like an like the like a pretty in depth conversation about like around consent and everything and how like he's like every like every time like we were doing like something different like I was like checking and like making sure like everything was okay and I was like look at that I mean, that's the thing you should be doing it's that's like, consenty yeah it's like yeah like you're both drinking alcohol but neither one of you were like blacked out drunk and like you understand like you're like how you are like when you're drinking like you also understand that. There's a certain level, because, like, you've told stories about, like, when someone who is, like, extremely drunk has started, like, coming out to you and stuff, you like, you just take them home, mm-hmm. make sure that they got, and make sure they get home safe, and left. It's like, you've done, like, the right thing in situations, like, and you, you can understand, like, people's, like, tolerances and, like, how they are when they're drinking. So, you did everything in the situation to the best of your ability. It's like, people get drunk and hook up sometimes. Like, right. it happens. Right. Yeah, but, which is good that you pointed that out to your friend that it's important to make sure that you're both on the right page because a lot of times it turns into, um, you know, at least from what we see in media, it turns into that next day somebody has been taken advantage of, and but it, the fault goes to them because they were drinking. Right. So it's just one of those rape myths that just keep coming up. Yeah, alcohol and drugs especially are huge there's a lot of myths around those with sexual assault i mean it's something that survivors hear so often as well were you drinking or you know like i saw you that night and you were pretty you looked like you were you were pretty drunk you know putting the blame on them and that's you know we know we know from what we do and from past episodes that that's not we we can't victim blame like that right and like you'll see like people like even if they're like at the bar like doing something like we're like they're dancing on somebody and they're like oh you like you were asking for it because you were dancing on i'm like they were just asking to dance like that's right. it like now oh, here's a good question what about the rape myth of clothing being consent like if somebody is wearing something revealing how does that play in <laughs> still not asking for it right <laughs> There's plenty of reasons why somebody could be wearing revealing clothes, and none of those reasons are because they're hoping to be raped later. It's not like they got dressed in the morning saying, these are my clothes for school, these are my clothes for work, and these are my clothes to get raped in. That's not how people are getting dressed. Maybe it's just hot out. What about wearing tight jeans? Um, Well, tight jeans are an example of that. Still not asking for it. You know, clothes, what were you wearing? That question is so it it doesn't factor into sexual assault or whether a survivor should be believed at all. And that brings us to something that's happening next week, which is Denim Day, right? April 29th. Yeah, that's Wednesday of next week. Um, Sean, you know a little bit about the history. Do you want to uh, talk about it a little bit? Sure. Um, so Denim Day came about because of the Italian Supreme Court in 1992, I believe there was a case where a um, student, a girl who had been taking her driver's test, had been sexually assaulted and raped by the person who was conducting the exam or conducting the class. And when it went to court, he was convicted of rape, 
and sentenced to jail time. But the Italian Supreme Court then overruled that that um that sentence, saying that because her jeans were too tight, that she would have needed help to get them off so that he couldn't have done it by himself. So that they were saying that because they were too tight, she had to have taken them off. So it was a consensual act. Yikes. Not so, so, so good. since that ruling. <laughs> what were you saying? Alex? I was just going to say not so good on the Italian uh, Italian Supreme Court there. Not so good. And since that ruling, Denim Day has started. Um, so after they overturned the case, people started wearing jeans to work to protest this and um, basically showing that they stand with survivors and that they understand and realize that clothing is not consent. Whether the person was wearing super baggy jeans or super tight jeans or no jeans at all, that is not asking to be raped by the driving instructor or by anybody. So Denim Day is next Wednesday, and it is a chance for people to show their solidarity with survivors of sexual assault by wearing jeans. It's pretty simple. And, um, you know, it's one of those social media things that um, – I think that everybody really has has the chance to do it. As long as they have a pair of jeans and social media, they can participate in this um, and show everybody, you know, their friends, family, and everybody on their timeline um, that they they support survivors and they don't think that clothing equals consent because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And especially then when you see things like in the Italian Supreme Court, how they had overturned a jury's like thing saying that he was a rapist. He had raped her. So the Italian Supreme Court overturning that shows their viewpoints then on how we view somebody who has been raped. So they were viewing this as like, oh, it was a consensual act because she obviously had tight clothing on, so it was easy. Or it was there was a requirement to help get those mm-hmm. off. He couldn't have done it by himself. We have seen lawyers use the defense of, well, she was wearing revealing clothes. Well, she was wearing lingerie. She was wearing a thong. Obviously, she wanted it. She wouldn't have been wearing those clothes if she didn't. When you have people in law enforcement, in um, the judicial system, who are making laws, who are enacting and following those laws, if their viewpoints of sexual assault and rape, or if they hold those rape myths that we were talking about earlier, and believe them, it makes it then very difficult for us to have good policies put in place or good members of law enforcement and the judicial system making sure that survivors are being protected because if that overarching belief is those rape myths they're already going to have something to go against when they're trying to get justice in the first place right this is a perfect example of how society's views influence real life decisions and i think that this denim day campaign is a great way to fight back against some of those widely held beliefs that we know are inaccurate so with all of this being said, and now that you have a grasp as a listener, that now that you have a grasp on what Denim Day really is, um, we hope that you'll join us in this campaign, in this day of protest on Wednesday, like we said, April 29th, and take a stand and show us, show us in social media that you're participating in Denim Day and that you are standing with survivors. If we want to have a community that is going to be inclusive for everyone and make everybody feel the safest. It's important that survivors know that they have people in their communities who are willing to listen to them and who are standing up for them. Because if they're the ones who keep trying to stand up for themselves, 
it makes it even that much more difficult for them. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to our coffee and conversation, and we will see you next time. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.